Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncle Dad Talks. That song you just heard was Deck the Halls by Ender. Happy uh, Merry Holiday something, Mike. Uh, tell me, where can they get that song? They can get that song on the merriest website of all, soundstripe.com. Uh, yes, soundstripe.com. You can get that song as always. And you know what? I'm going to keep it a little simple and just say go to soundstripe.com. Go use the promo code Uncle Dad Talks 10 Save 10% off your first month's subscription. And just keep it simple like that because today we got a special episode brought to you by Assemble Games. That's right. We are doing our first major gaming review, I guess you would say. This is exciting. I, th- I think it's exciting. Yeah. I wore my special socks today for this. Did you? Yeah. What does it say? Cowboy butts drive me nuts? No, but they just match my shirt. Oh, so, they do. I like it. I like yeah. it. You know, it's funny. You, we're, we're doing a, a radio show. No one can see that. I know, but... But I can see that. You can see it. The <laughs> listener has a visual of what just happened. Yeah. Merry Christmas. Happy holiday. Happy Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. Fest- Festivus. Go get your red bells. Anything that's just where you celebrate, hell yeah. Uh, as long as you don't hurt anybody, I guess, right? This game we're going to talk about is very much about bringing people together and probably also getting families to fight each other, too. <laughs> there could be an argument or two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Assemble Games brought a new game to the market. It just came out recently. It's called Shakes on a Plane. Shakes. Before we even get into the game, let's talk about that name real fast. Shakes Sh- on a Plane. Shakes on a Plane. So let's, let's be honest. What does that make you think of right away? Shakedown Street. Shakedown Street? That's it? Definitely not Snakes on a Plane. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> Definitely not. Uh, uh, what is it? What's that line he says? Get these motherfucking snakes off my motherfucking plane. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, Snakes on a Plane is a movie with the incredible Sam Jackson just being Sam Jackson. <laughs> Jackson. Uh, that movie did kind of suck, though, if I remember correctly. I mean, it was a kitschy. Supposed, I think it was supposed to suck. Right? Yeah, right. But, you know, if, you, if you're a Sam Jackson fan. You're going to have fun. You know. It's not that hard. Sorry, so Die Hard with a Vengeance. No Die Hard 3, but it is Sam Jackson. Uh, Now, I don't know if I would consider this game to be in the caliber of Die Hard either, but (laughs) it's it's, it's interesting. So let's just talk about it. Again, I do have to be up front. Assemble, thank you so much for uh, giving us the opportunity to talk about this game and uh, presenting it to our audience. Uh, Overall, I would say it's a pretty fun game, but the way... Let me explain the game to you first. If you guys are familiar with games... I guess, um, Mike, you're not familiar with um, a game called Overcooked, are you? No, but that is how my fish gets cooked most of the time. <laughs> oh, uh, man, is J-Man in here? I don't think so. Yeah, so this game starts off with an alien game show. And in the alien game show, you uh, basically see all the aliens fail at cooking for some reason. And when that happens, they realize they need to go to Earth because, let's be honest, we have Guy Fieri, so we have the best cooks in the world. So they go to the, they go to Earth to go and serve food. But where do they serve food on? Not, a, not in a contest, not in a uh, special game show, not in a cooking network. They go to an airplane. Where it is usually the best cuisine Usually, yes. that we have to offer. Exactly. Now, I, I'm assuming this game takes place pre-COVID because nobody is giving a fuck about any social distancing in this game. Definitely pre-COVID. So yeah, so you, you, you can up to four players and the way the game works is each player is, they don't, you don't necessarily assume a role, but you have to basically serve and remove trash to each, I guess, customer, you would say, or I guess, what would you call those people? Passenger. Passenger, thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you have to do that 
And, you know, that's where the shenanigans uh, ensue. So let's talk about it. Me and Mike actually just played it. I played it uh, pretty in-depth already, but Mike, you know, Mike's not a hardcore gamer because, you know, with his old age, he has a hard time with uh, keeping up with everything. But that's the best part about this game is that you can be old and you can have some eyesight problems and you can see this game and be uh, and have fun with the game. Would you agree with that? Oh, wow, you're really <laughs> laying on thick with the old <laughs> shit this today. Merry Christmas. Merry fucking Christmas. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I listen, I've played a lot of games when I was younger and uh, this was fun. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I don't think that having poor eyesight would handicap you too much here. So <laughs> thank you for that. Um, so we played together. Uh, so actually, let me talk about my experience first. When I played by myself, it was um, it was cool. Uh, but I think with games like Overcooked, um, like this one as well, it's like you need it to be a multiplayer-driven game. I mean, I think that's obviously the selling point, right? The selling point is being able to be with the pal and kind of like work together to serve food, I guess. Yeah. But what was very fun about uh, this game was when me and Mike got to play, it's like, you know, Mike... Me and Mike don't really play games a lot together, not because, you know, in, in all seriousness, nothing to do with his age. It's just that he, he's not really a gamer anymore. But, you know, playing this game with you, it was, uh, it was, it was fun with the, the, the communication, right? Like, right. I think if you and I didn't talk, it wouldn't be that fun, right? Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't know. If we were, if we decided to play this game silently, it would not be <laughs> nearly as fun as it just was. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't say it like that because I guess nobody plays a game like that, right? <laughs> well, and I think I think that's part of what why multiplayer gaming is is a lot more fun. I mean, it's you talk to each other, you're communicating. It's a way of having an experience with another person, and yeah, it made it fun. You know, like in many multiplayer games, when you're playing with a headset with someone you don't even know, right? yeah, on PlayStation or whatever, it's still like talking is a big part of multiplayer gaming i would say absolutely and um what, what's what's interesting too about this game is that it's available on pc and i imagine on the pc there's probably more of a uh, market for people to play but i think it's kind of in my opinion if i were gonna if i were gonna play this game i would play it on the way we did i would play it on the switch because to me it's very much family driven i feel anybody can play it but it's very much a family driven game like i think this would be a fun game to have at the holiday party playing with your maybe your nieces nephews kids whatever right and just kind of messing around and you know it's it's silly the the art style is very cute i i will say it's it's a very weird collection of characters uh you have like a vampire i think yeah it's like someone risen from the dead yeah, yeah a vampire yeah and then you have a robot lady robot lady that looks like she came from a blender or something yeah that was really weird uh but not a bad thing not a bad weird it just uh, the character design is very unique almost like a 90s cartoon like sure. a 90s nickelodeon style yeah have you ever watched a show called Mr. Meaty? No. For the kids who know what Mr. Meaty is, this is what I makes think. <laughs> yeah, then there was also an alien man and then another bearded man. Or right? bearded, bearded lady, right? Oh, no, no, bearded man, you're right. Bearded man. Yeah, so you get to pick your, pick your player. And I, I do think this would be fun. Like, I could totally see myself playing this with, you know, like my younger brother or my, you know, third step cousin or... Uh, what about your mom? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I could see myself playing. Because it's simple enough, right? Yeah. You just got to kind of move, click, and, you know, go, right? Move, click, go, click, go back, run. And then, and then so, yeah, and, and playing it, and as the levels progressed, it, it did, did get more intense, which just like any job where you're, you'd be serving food and dealing with customers, it would 
you know, it gets more intense. It, uh, it kind of gets you a little bit of stress. Kind of makes you turn into an asshole. Well, it could. It could. It yeah. could. But we'll talk about that later. Yes. So, yeah, it's from Assemble Entertainment. Assemble Entertainment is a uh, studio in uh, Germany. Their big thing that they're known for is a game called Leisure Suit Larry, Wet Dreams Don't Dry. Oh. Do you remember those games? I remember Leisure Suit Larry. Yes, I do remember that. So let's talk about that real fast. The developers of Leisure Suit Larry, the game about about what? I, it was just like a leisure, like a guy, like just like a kind of a... But his mission was something specific. Oh, I can't remember his mission. His mission was getting laid. Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Think about right. the name. Yeah. The name of the game is Leisure Suit Larry, yeah. Wet Dreams Don't Dry. Right. <laughs> I remember that game, and I remember we used to say, I don't want to become, I'm not just a Leisure Suit Larry. Like, <laughs> I do things with my life, like, I don't know, make comic books or something. Right, Whatever right. Whatever it was. Whatever it was at the I time. just wasn't Leisure Suit Larry. <laughs> yeah. That's wow, funny. that's funny. Yeah, so what's cool about them is that they have a, um, they also organize a, uh, a conference called the German Day, German Dev Days, which about over a thousand people go. So it's a huge German conference for gaming. I don't know if that's happening this year because of COVID, but I'm sure, you know, they probably did like a virtual version of it. Uh, but yeah, Semble Entertainment has been around the game for a while. So, I did, you know, yeah, Leisure Suit Larry obviously is very much like a game far from this. It's a far cry from it for sure. But the, the art style's there. I could, now that you mentioned that, yeah, yeah, I could see the art style being very... Totally, very totally. Especially like with the some of the, the female characters, right? Like the, the vampire is very voluptuous. So it's like, it's, so it kind of makes sense where they got that from. But yeah, it's a German developer. It's good that to see that they create like a community of, uh, for events for German gamers and just all gamers for that matter. Uh, you can follow them on Twitter, of course, uh, at um, Assemble, Assemble Entertainment, at Assemble Entertainment. The cool thing too about this game is that it's available on PC for $14.99. And if you go to the Nintendo eShop for the Switch, you can get it for $19.99. But right now, you'll get 30% off that as well. No coupon codes, no nothing. Just go to the shops right now. That's a pretty good deal, I think. I think for that price of that game, I think it's a good price, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Now, let's talk about the gameplay real fast. It is pretty intuitive. It's pretty straightforward. It's just uh, move right around with your joystick and then whatever, whatever respective buttons you're using, it's more or less just one button. I mean, I guess you have two buttons because you can dash and then you can use the other button to set whatever you need to set up. Uh, but the way the, the game works, other than being like overcooked, because overcooked was more involved where you had to like chop onions and then take those onions, put them in a bowl, put them in the oven, very much more involved uh, while dealing with the hecticness of everything. Uh, this game makes it a little more straightforward where it's you go to, let's say they order a burger, you go to the burger, create the burger, take the burger to the oven, make the burger in the oven, and then you deliver it to the customer who needs it. I think with that simplicity, it adds a little bit more hecticness. I think it could be a little more, I guess, crazy, right? Because even though it's simple, it can just get so much get dragged onto you, right? I mean, we've, when we played it as it got progressively harder, what would you would you... Did you see that? Like, even though it's simple, it's like, oh man. Yeah, it it really it feels like oh, I can feel the the intensity and the stress. And this person wants a burger. Now this person wants some fries. Now this person wants the trash picked up. Oh, the, oh, I burned the fries. Or you know, and yes, it yep. definitely <laughs> starts picking up. And and I can feel the impeding stress of customer service. Yes, it prepares those who play this that are young for what's to come if they get a job dealing with the public. Oh, on, on an airplane. On an airplane. <laughs> yes. yes, it's like training for to be a flight attendant. What if that, that'd be awesome, right? If they made this into like a training program for yeah. uh, like a Spirit uh, is using this because you know I think Spirit would be the one that or or United maybe. Yeah. <laughs> or Frontier, no Frontier. Frontier. That'd be the one. Yes. 
As the game uh, progresses too, you have different locations, not just planes. You can actually do UFOs as well. There's different, uh, as it gets even more difficult, you'll have to add different uh, utensils, uh, different serving trays, a bunch of different stuff that gets involved. It just progressively gets harder and harder and harder. So I think personally, it's a, it's a, it's a game that I think good value, good fun, good replay value for your family. Uh, a nice little breakaway because there is a lot of like serious games out there. Like for all the gamers out there, Cyberpunk just came out. I don't know if you know what that is, but Cyberpunk is probably the biggest game of the year. One of the biggest games of the year to finally come out. And it's awesome, but it's so serious and it's so intense and it's about like, you know, being the best, right? I think this is kind of a good break. It's like, you know, when you play like a, a Mario game, right? It's like, you just kind of let your brain turn off and you just play, right? Mm. And I think this is a, another great way of doing that. And you could probably even make it a drinking game if I can say that. Mm. What do yeah. you think? Yeah. No, I definitely think. I mean, again, coming from someone who's not a big gamer, but still will play a game or two here and there. I definitely think it's fun. it could just be fun. Like, hey, yeah, totally. We're drinking. And every time you miss, you miss something or you overcook something or you lose, you drink. And... I would probably get very drunk. <laughs> and that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a good time. Uh, yeah. So, you know what? I think I don't want to give too much away either because it is a game that I want you to check out and I want you to play um, everybody here. Again, it's you can get it on sale right now for 30% off on the Switch. Uh, you can play it pretty much with anybody. But yeah, you know, in the end, I think it's a, it's a great purchase. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I mean, even just the little bit that we played or that I played with you. I know you played it a bit more by yourself, but... I could see myself going a few more rounds with that. And, you know, like, I could see also, like, you busting this out. Maybe you and your friends are out, you know, drinking or whatever, hanging out. And then you bust this out kind of as things are winding down to just kind of get loose, have fun, be silly, uh, serve some fries. And, uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, and I think uh, one thing I forgot to mention is that it's up to four players. So four players. I mean, we didn't play four players, but we should we should probably try that. What do you think about that, real quick? Four players probably be crazy. <laughs> I think it'd be crazy. Yeah. I mean, but I I do like the aspect of, of when we were doing the teamwork. So you're getting the trash. I'm getting the fries. You're serving the shake. I'm collecting recyclables. But like we had to work together. Yo, I got this one. Yo, put the fries down. Yo, do this. So, it, I mean, that, I don't know, it's fun. The teamwork is fun. I, I completely agree with that. And I think uh, with four players, you, you probably have to even be more cooperative, right? You would have to really, like, talk. Because like, also, too, these are planes that you're on, right? And so they're very narrow spaces. And yeah. so one of the things I was noticing when we were playing is that we kept running into each other. So I can only imagine, like, the craziness. Like, get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But yeah, like, you know, it's not like you just run through the person. Like, it's, it, it, there's an actual person there, and they take up real space. So you got to move around them. Even even the if the people are up walking around the plane, the, the passengers. Which you, which I, I should also mention, you can pick them up and you can actually place them in their seat or place them around, you know, whatever. So like, if, I, I imagine if you're playing four players, you can probably, you know, pick them up. Can you put them in the trash? You can't put them in the trash. Some people might want to say they belong in the trash, but you can't put them in there. Definitely. <laughs> I've, uh, that's, that's, that's the expansion pack. Yeah. The trash pack. <laughs> but in the end... Definitely Uncle Dad approved. Definitely something I'd recommend you guys all check out. On a much larger scale, it just makes me think about multiplayer gaming. And it also actually makes me think about two things, multiplayer gaming and customer service. And we are going to talk about that. But let's take a quick break, and we're going to come right back, and we're going to talk about that. Thank you again, Assemble Entertainment. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time and uh, being a part of this. Looking for some holiday gifts and want to buy local? 
go to MikeHamptonArt.com and buy something for myself. And this month only, save 10% by using Uncle Dad Talks 10 at checkout. That's Uncle Dad Talks 10 and save 10% at MikeHamptonArt.com. Playing those kind of games just made me think about multiplayer games in general. And not just, not just video games, but just multiplayer games like video gaming, video games, board games. Shout out to Baby Gabe because he loves board games, drinking games. Like, I just think. It just makes me want to talk about those memories. And I think when it comes to gaming for me, the first game that I always think of, especially since, since we were playing on the Switch, I think of Super Smash Brothers. Now, for those who have not played Super Smash Brothers, one, are you living under a rock? Because it's probably one of the biggest games of all time. Super Smash Brothers, you know that game, but you only know a specific version. I'm very familiar with Super Smash Brothers Melee. 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 Yeah, because you're going to... Melee. Melee. <laughs> Is it Melee or Melee? You know... <laughs> Who knows? Someone knows. <laughs> Someone knows, right? Know. Yes. With, with that game, I remember like, especially on the GameCube, I just remember playing that all the time at my friend's house. We would have tons of kids over and we would just play this dumb game until we were done. Yeah. So I remember just doing that a lot with my friends and I, and I just, those memories are just so fond to me of just sitting around eating fucking chips and drinking soda till three in the morning playing Super Smash. I just feel like those times are kind of gone now. I don't know. Not, not for me, but just in general, I don't feel like gamers really do that anymore i don't know i think maybe they do i just think you probably don't i mean <laughs> damn there, judgmental there's a, there's a saying that it's uh the nights stay young it's just us that get old so i bet you there are kids eating chips and drinking pop and playing games they're definitely that. not calling it pop well it depends on what part of the country you're in really oh yeah pop, i guess pop's more of like a north a northern way of Saying soda. I don't know if you remember or not. We live in California. Maybe some of our listeners are in the Northwest. You're right. I very much appreciate that I said pop. (laughs) You know what they call uh, most sodas down in Louisiana? They just say Coke. Really? Even if it's not a Coke, you'll say, I'm about to have a Coke. And it could be uh, Mountain Dew. And they'll know that? No, you just, soda, it's just what, this is what it is. Is that really the truth? In my recollection. <laughs> in my recollection. Right. In my, in my drug-infused recollection. I wasn't on any drugs. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. He doesn't do drugs. We're, yeah. we're, we're dare over here. <laughs> we're moms against drugs or whatever it is. Yeah, I also remember like having a crew. Uh, we weren't kids and eating pop and drinking soda or Coke or whatever and eating chips, but there's definitely a lot of weed smoking, uh, playing uh, Smash Brothers on the 64 with the crew and... Uh, you know, I'd come home from work and I live with housemates at the time. And, you know, there's like six dudes all on the couch making a mess, playing the game all night. Yeah. So definitely lots of good times. Now, what is your favorite multiplayer game of all time? Now, let's yeah. Actually, let's go favorite multiplayer video game first. Oh, uh, easy. Um, Goldeneye. Really? Hands down. Yeah. Tell me about that. Tell me why that's the number one. Well, for me, I mean, it is a similar situation to what I was describing with the Smash Brothers. You know, we just have a crew. Uh, that, that game was out when I was, I think, a senior in high school. And we would just play that game over and over, four players, you know. And we'd always have more than, most times we'd have more than four people hanging out together. And so, you know, you're taking turns and then the, whoever died first, they're the ones that has to get switched out and, 
we play that game so much. We'd remember the rooms and the secret doors yeah. and like where the certain weapons yeah, were. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, the double pistols and the rocket launcher and the, the mines. Like it was just so fun. Just so When fun. is the last time you played that game? Actually, not that long ago, uh, probably within the last year or so, I remember being somewhere and someone had it. Yeah, how, what was that like? Was that, wasn't I just like, whoa? I, I can't remember. I was talking about this with someone else, but I, it was interesting because my not playing that game in so long, I still remembered once I was in that, the level, I remembered it like it had been somewhere that I had been in real life. And I just remember like, okay, the secret wall is right here and that goes through here and then I could look over this ledge and look down and then I could shoot someone from this secret little spot where you, can, you can't you can see me, but I can see them. And like, it was just crazy how my- You still had it. I, yeah, it's like when you listen to a song you haven't heard like in over 10 years. Sure. That you knew it by heart back then. Comes back. And it comes back and you just remember every word. It's just it's somewhere it's in the brain. It's in there. That's awesome. Would you say when you played it last time, would you say that it held up? I think so. I think that game will always hold up. See, I actually disagree. Because <laughs> no. I feel like, okay, I play. I think when you play a lot of shooters, the problem is shooters don't age well. And when you think about a shooter like Golden, Golden uh, I, there, um, there wasn't two joysticks. It was just the one and then the little C buttons on the 64 controller. I mean, wouldn't it be so much better if you could just use it on a real controller? Like an Xbox 360, Xbox One, or, you know, a PS4 controller even? I mean, I don't know. I, I Or is that part of the nostalgia? Okay, this coming from a non-gamer perspective, I just, when I play it, that's just, it feels absolutely right. Like, it just, I couldn't imagine playing it's like, it. It's like love. Know. It's like what? It's like love. It's like love. Yes, it is. Like love. Yeah, very good analogy. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, oh. Now, another great memory of uh, mine, and I think you would agree with this, uh, is fucking motherfucking Mario Kart mm-hmm. on the N64. Now, I have to ask you, since you're a Mario Kart man, right? Yeah, that people always say, you know, uh, Mike Hampton, you Captain Asshole. Oh, Mario Kart man. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's a Mario Kart I'm, man. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I, that's, that needs to be a shirt now. Mario Kart man with Mike's face on it. <laughs> Mike's, Mike's face as Mario <laughs> driving. The, I think we should think about it. Uh, some merch. Because <laughs> we don't have a Mighty Mike merch yet. Well, What's I guess that? we do, but not Mike Hampton directly. No. Well, I mean, hey, if, if, let's put a pre-order thing out and see what's going on. Dude, I do actually want to do that. So I'll look into that. <laughs> Mike rolls his eyes like, God damn it, what did I do? You you spend your time doing that. I I'll, will do that. <laughs> no, uh, have you ever played uh, Birio Kart? Birio Kart. Yeah, it's the word I just said. <laughs> like you play beer while you're playing Mario Kart? Yeah, you play beer. Are you, <laughs> you play with... Are you, are you playing beer right now? <laughs> I thought this was just water. Just like, what's happening? No, uh, Birio Kart, you never heard of it? Is it where you drink beer while playing Mario Kart? But it's a, it's a specific set of rules. So yeah. let me explain. Okay. So for those at home who are 21 and up and you have not played this game, you can play this game because it's hilarious and it's awesome. Mario Kart is you take any version of Mario Kart, uh, preferably I would say 64 or the GameCube version or even the Switch version, and you get your friends together, how many you're going to play, preferably in person because you want to be able to check them, right? And the way it works is each of you have a pint of beer. You cannot finish the race until that beer is completely finished. But what can't you do? You can't drink and drive. So you have to either chug it right away and just go, or drive and get the lead and then drink, you know, at the end. Or drink right before the end. Park, drink. Park, park, drink, yeah. But you cannot drink and drive. That is the number one rule. What fun is that? (laughs) 
I mean, if you... we don't condone that here, no. <laughs> mm. But yeah, it is one of the best times you're going to have. We need to play that. You've never done that, huh? No, maybe we'll do that uh, when we're recording our next show. Oh, dude, are you down for that? I'd be down for a little bit of that. What about uh, Josette, yeah? I think, yeah. Yeah, it's fun, dude. It's so fun. Let's look at it. Yeah, let's look at it. Right in that right tip. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I love, I mean. Mario I love Kart. drinking. Yeah, I, it sounds like it. <laughs> I think we need to have an episode about. <laughs> we about have an that. intervention episode. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna just set it up, and then all of a sudden, people are gonna walk in, and you're gonna be like, "Mike, what's going on here?" They're time. gonna be like, "They're gonna walk in and be like, Mario Kart, man, what's wrong?" Yeah. They're like, "No, it's time." We're, we're, <laughs> Wait, we're me? Talk to you. Yeah, uh, uh, go ahead. but I, yeah, I, Mario Kart. I, I think I really last got into it also on 64, and that's another game where just the homies come over, the friends, whatever, and it's just super fun. The first Mario Kart was on Super Nintendo, right? Is that right? Correct, yeah. Yeah. So even then, I mean, it was just such a new concept. And, and yeah, I think it's also one of the best ever. Oh, totally. I think the 64 in general was probably one of the best multiplayer consoles, right? It was designed to be multiplayer, right? Before, before controller ports, whatever. That was the first one like that? No. I don't know which one it was, but I don't think it was. I no. think someone's going to check me on that, but I don't, I don't remember which one it was. Yeah. We, we don't have fact check, but we have people who do that for us. Yes, and then they'll come and bitch at me later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, another one I want to talk about that I, I think we don't really ever talk about on this show is Halo. Now, Halo might have been maybe past your time of like being into video games. Yeah. But that was like the end-all, be-all multiplayer games probably for... That was probably our golden eye, I would say. Yeah. And probably still most people's golden eye because, I mean, how many sequels does, how many sequels does that thing had? How many? Oh, man. Have someone fact check so it's one, two, three, four. Halo Reach, Halo ODST, Halo Wars, Halo Wars Two. So and Halo, uh, yeah, that's it. And Halo Crew. And Halo, oh, oh. that's where you got it from, huh? No, <laughs> no. You know, you know, people probably think that. Everyone always would think that. Oh, you guys play Halo. And when I had the, I had Halo tattooed on my arm, and people were like, "Oh, you play Halo." Do you still have that tattooed? Well, it's covered. Is it? Yeah, because there is no Halo. Oh, broken, but brokenhearted. But, I mean, it also looked like I got it in jail. <laughs> because you did. I didn't. I actually got it from someone who just got out of jail. <laughs> oh, gotcha, gotcha, so, gotcha. That's what. But, yeah, I played it a couple times, but never, I, I, I was into doing other things about that time. Gotcha. You know, when so. you did play it, did you enjoy it? I think so. I, I think I remember it being a fun experience. Okay. I don't know if I played the multiplayer though. I think I was just, just single player. Single player. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that game is fucking a blast, dude. I mean, to me, and I know people are going to bitch about this, but there was an energy sword on Halo Two or Three. I can't remember, but that energy sword was a one-hit kill, and all you had to do was line up the crosshairs in the person, and once it turned red, you pulled the trigger and you just killed them. And that was my favorite shit to do, but everybody hated it because it was so cheap. And I think like those kind of cheap tricks. They just, uh, I don't know, I just don't see them anymore in games like this. I think everything's so competitive. Because, like, I play a lot of uh, Overwatch. I don't know if you know what Overwatch is, but Overwatch is a widely popular multiplayer game. I'm familiar with it, yeah. Yeah, I play that all the time with uh, two of my best pals. And, um, yeah, it's just uh, it, those, those antics. Gaming is so serious now. And to kind of bring it back to uh, Shakes on the Plane, I think it is nice to kind of have that breakup, right? To have that... To have that monotony breaking broken away of like so much seriousness and bringing it into just uh, having fun. Mm -hmm. I think it's forgotten a lot of games nowadays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, another another great for me having fun multiplayer game is sports games. I mean, that's pretty yeah. much the games I play now. I'll play them with my younger brother, and he always smashes on me. But uh, 
you know, I I used to tell myself that I let him, but it's actually not true. He actually crushes me now. <laughs> but, uh, I have a blast playing uh, sports games, like football and basketball games. What's your favorite basketball game? NBA two, two. NBA I don't know NBA two K whatever two K I guess okay. I don't know I mean because some people are very picky on that they so, are yeah, yeah. So the gameplay I remember I was used to maybe it was a I was used to playing live yes a lot of people were and then two K the, the it was very different you just changed it and I think I wasn't happy with that and I think yeah. that's when I actually started losing yeah <laughs> I resisted the yeah, change yeah yeah the 2k is fucking incredible but the problem is not the problem but the thing was it changed so much from live I mean obviously there are two different games and you need to stand out right but the way they did it was like we're gonna make it more realistic we're gonna make it more even though you might have thought live was realistic they really went to a level to make mechanics more realistic yeah yeah I, I like I like some of the aspects of it being realistic I think just the the flow of the game. Uh, or like just how when you're trying to you know turbo and shoot the ball it just it was it was so different I, I and maybe I'm feeling this way because I got my ass kicked every time and I'd be down by 20 so that's not fun um, but I also had a lot of fun playing uh, I guess Madden yeah you know and I always pick the Saints and so I can be Drew Brees and your boyfriend and, and, uh, and so that's also a very fun multiplayer game I feel like I think people world. don't think about sports games though as multiplayer games because they're so one thing, right? Yeah, well, shame on those people. <laughs> shame on you. Hey, who are these people? <laughs> Mario Kart man's going to come for you. Uh, <laughs> I did see something on your phone. Did you want to talk about that? Well, yeah. So I was, it, you, you weren't supposed to see that, but uh, yeah, I owe someone a lot of money. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I, uh, being with the, with the, the shakes on a plane, and, and, and part of it was that we were uh, making burgers and fries, and we had to, in shakes on a plane, you got to drop the burger in, I guess, the fryer or whatever, the oven, the oven. <laughs> and then it's ready. Then you got to get it before it burns, and it made me think of another multiplayer arcade game from way back in the day called Burger Time. Burger Time. Yes. Burger Time uh, was made by who? Do you remember? Data East. Data East. That was Data East. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Daddy East. Um, and the player is Chef Peter Pepper. Did you know that? I actually didn't know that. I did you? Know that yeah. <laughs> Peter, Peter Pepper. Pepper. But he had to go run over the the the, the burgers, yeah. condiments, and like the onions and the whatever, yeah. and drop them down by also evading these little ghouls or whatever they yeah. are. <laughs> yeah. That game was like a fucking drug trip. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those games, I think, back oh, in there. Oh, hell yeah. Actually, it's funny. Uh, for those who haven't heard it yet, if you go back to uh, our last episode no our second to last episode we did a whole entire feature on arcade an arcade company called midway and they did an awesome documentary called insert coin you know we, we like we love arcade games here we really do yeah, we do um so please if you haven't listened to that episode yet go give it a listen and if you haven't watched that documentary yet watch the documentary as we said in the episode is incredibly enter entertaining incredibly informative and you get to learn about almost every game that I promise you have, at least one of the games they made, you like them. Yeah. You definitely got to check it out. But to your point with that real quick, uh, with Burger Time, did you know that they actually re-released that recently as an arcade unit? No. Yeah, and they they made it exactly how that looks now. Like an arcade? Yeah, but with the the old school look to it, the uh, the chef on the side, the whole like, you know, cut out look to it. Uh, mm. You can get that through Arcade 1-Up. Uh, uh, it's so, so cool. Oh, so you can buy actual arcade machines off this website yeah oh yeah do you see the ones at my house well those are that's what that is yeah that's what they're from 
Yeah, arcade one up. Uh, on the subject of like arcade games like this and like multiplayer, old school style, have you ever played uh, Taffer? I played Frogger. Tapper was like a... Oh, yeah, the beer game. Yes. Yes, where you slide the beers down the, the bar to people. Yes, yes, yes but, uh-huh. but which one did you play, though? The one that was just the root beers? can't remember. I, I think it was... It might have been root beers, yeah. Okay, so when it first came out, it was actually sponsored by Budweiser. Oh, wow. And the tap that you used was a Budweiser tap. Yeah, it wasn't that. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, though. That's super cool, right? I was like, you know, I don't drink Budweiser, but I would love to have that in my home just to be like, look at this fucking relic. <laughs> and I think that's the thing about arcade games uh, is that there's something about the presence of them, right? They're like almost living. It's like an interactive museum piece. Does that make sense? Like no. a, an interactive art piece. Because, you know, when they made these games, granted, as we learn in the documentary, Insert Coin, it is about making money, but what is it? But it was, they're still works of art in their own right, you know? And I think, I mean, I remember going to arcades and you seeing all these arcade machines in the art style, which just make you go like, oh, fuck, what's, what's this game on the side? You know what I mean? Like the, you see like, especially like, you know, we're big comic book people, right? So you'd see like the superhero arts and you're like, oh, fuck, that's fucking uh, um, Ron Lim. That's fucking uh, Jim Lee's artwork, whatever, right? Yeah. Like you just get to see all that. And I don't know. I feel like that magic just isn't there anymore with yeah. with gaming in general. Like, I don't, I don't know. And it's kind of go again to go back to uh, Shakes on a Plane. It just brings back that, like I could see this actually in an arcade, an arcade uh, yeah. cabinet. Yeah. With the cool, funny art, like silly artwork, you know, you got your four sticks, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I mean, half the thing, half the fun, and even with when you buy the cartridge games, especially back in like the early Nintendo and, and Atari days, the, the, the graphics on the cartridge and the box were always way cooler than the game. Yes. But like something about what you could, what that game is supposed to feel like is in, in that artwork. And I guess the same thing with, with the arcade machines. And it's just funny when you, you get uh, like the Ninja Turtles game and, and that was so fun. But the artwork w- was great and the, the gameplay was great and getting multi-people in there was good. And, and uh, yeah, like the X-Men game, that was so fun. And, the arcade one, right? Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I, I, the artwork and then when it actually, when the game actually measured up to how the artwork made you feel, then it's like peak. It's like a peak high. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Peak yeah. high. Peak high. Yeah. Peak, peak high. Yeah. Peak. <laughs> I, I like that idea, too. And it's also, to kind of even add to that even more so, it's the old school video game advertisements. Like, you would see the kid playing, I don't know, Mortal Kombat. And, like, he's, like, his head, his head's, like, all fucking, like, wide-eyed. His hair is in the fucking thing. And you're just, like... How, how do I get to be this kid? And then if, when you, like, to your point of, like, matching the feeling, yeah. you play Mortal Kombat and you're like, damn, I feel, I feel like, like that kid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just think all that kind of magic is kind of, I mean, I'm sure it's still there for some. I think I think there is some people, obviously, who still experience it. But I think, like, games like Shake on the Plane, Shakes on a Plane, kind of preserve that, that, that retro idea, right? That retro gameplay idea. Like, uh, you know what else this game kind of reminds me of is, uh, did you ever play Diner Dash? On your phone or anything? No. Yeah. For those who play Diner Dash, basically it's um, almost straightforward. You just you you click a an item that you needed to grab, and then you give it to the customer when they uh, go back and forth. You know what I mean? So basically, you're just always going back and forth, but it's not you're not waiting for anything to cook. You're just grabbing and going, grabbing and going. Uh, but it's a fun little phone game back in the day, and I kind of get that too. And it, but it's also very much like a retro style game. And I think with retro style games, it's like you know, sure, they might be simplistic in what they are, but they're just, I think it really it's about preserve, preserving an idea. And I think that's kind of why they exist now. You know what I mean? These new developers. Because I'm sure Assemble Games could make 
and you know they made leaders Larry, right like i'm sure they can make a more in-depth version of that but why do that when you can kind of stick to something classic yeah no i mean it's it's i think i think a lot of what they're trying to capture in certain games and i definitely could feel that with the shakes on the plane is this nostalgia and nostalgia sells and games have been around for you know i don't know 40 years like this or, or more and i think it definitely touches on that and i think that's part of what why people buy certain things is because it feels like an old memory and people are always trying to grab onto that you know? yeah absolutely yeah absolutely um but another, another thing this game talks about that we're going to kind of finally come bring full circle this game talks about customer service now who likes customer service? Most people don't, I Nobody. would say. Well, some people do. Yeah. <laughs> They're probably the aliens that are in shakes on the plane. Customer service. Now, I bring that up for a very special reason. Uh, by now, everybody should know that Mike's l latest release, his last of the original trilogy, <laughs> like Star Wars, Yeah. but not like Star Wars, because we ain't getting paid like that. <laughs> not yet. Not yet, not yet. Uh, five years, five years. Coming. Coming. The Captain A-Hole's Guide to Customer Service. Yeah. The special anniversary issue is now available for purchase, and you can buy that at UncleDadComics.com or in person. In person? In the shop. Yes. Yes. At the shop on 5540 College Avenue, Oakland, California, Bart Bridge Closing Store, right next door to the uh, Oakland Art Library. That's right. Yeah, you can get it for as low as five bucks. What a deal. Yeah, what a deal. But let's talk about the book real quick because it's let's officially out. Uh, yeah. I've told this story a hundred times and I'm going to tell it a hundred more. This book is so important to me. So important to me because How important. Of, so important <laughs> because if this book doesn't exist, you and I don't exist. I don't exist. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. If that book doesn't exist, then we're probably not sitting here doing this. Exactly. And I think that is the most insane thing to think about. It's the butterfly effect. Tell me about the butterfly effect. Well, you know, it's just like you're, you're, that, that simple thing when I saw you and chose you to, to do my little elevator To harass pitch. me? Yeah, harass this young boy um, with my uh, silly pitch for my book. And it somehow enticed you to buy it. And now that one little moment of, I guess I've sold books to, you know, at least 10 people. <laughs> and you're the only one that wanted to do all of these things with me out of those people so that moment of me selling something to you has created all of what has been happening absolutely I, I mean even I would honestly say without that moment without that book customer service there is no there is no Uncle Dad almost because Uncle Dad sure the show has always been an idea but the overall idea of like making comic books, making music, all that, that really doesn't exist without the moment of meeting you and, and meeting that or reading that book and, you know, all that stuff. So to your point about the butterfly effect, yeah, I completely agree with that. Yeah. And uh, I guess for you, I have to say thank you forever. Yeah. Uh, but it's keep, not about me kissing your ass like every episode. Me one, say thank you one more time. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, wait, what was that? Fuck was off. <laughs> I think you said something. I said thank you. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Anyways... <laughs> um, <laughs> What I do want to talk about, though, it's like, because I can say this forever about how, um, how great Mike is, and Mike can blush and be like, oh, but. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly the noise I make. It's very close to that. <laughs> let's just talk about the book. So first off, let's talk about the book yeah. 20 years ago. Or not 20 years ago. No, it was, come on, let's not be crazy. <laughs> I, I first released that book in 
2006. Okay. So 14 years ago. Uh, so 14 years ago, let's talk about the mic then. Right. So, and I think uh, when we were playing Shakes on a Plane, I was like, oh, this is great. I'm playing a game of customer service. And I hate hated it. Um, so, yeah, Mike, 14 years ago, I was still doing my art. and But I also worked full-time at a pharmacy. And I was dealing with people coming into the pharmacy. And I worked that job for many years. And before that, I was in a different customer service job and so on and so forth. So many years of dealing with customers infuriated me because I felt like I should be doing something else. And I made a comic about everything I wanted to say to all of these customers, but I couldn't say because I get fired or assaulted, maybe, you know. So that's where that book came from. It, you know, Captain was always like that inner voice in me. And I think a lot of people share that um, who've worked in customer service, whether it's a call center, a pharmacy, you know, you're a waiter or a waitress, you're a flight attendant <laughs> serving food to people. Like you definitely have customers that you want to wring their neck. Totally. But, you know, I'm better now and I've done well, years of therapy. <laughs> so with the thought of that, with the book coming back, I mean, how does it feel? It's great. Well, I think it's great for two reasons. One, because I felt like this was my... One of my funniest things I've done. I think it's great because, you know, that's what brought us to, kind of together to do what we're doing. Oh. Um, and I'm glad also that uh, it's the last of the old three that, that I've kind of rewritten and re Wait, Why are you glad about that? Because now I get to finish. I'm, my, the attention goes on to the, the next one. But the last one. The last one of the series. And, and so I, I just feel great that customer service, you know, I made songs about it. I made... Almost, I made shirts about how I hate my job, and and uh, I really let that run my life for a long time. Like this, that book or that feeling, just that feeling of I hate my job, I hate my job, and I'd go do conventions and and I'd perform shows and you know do, have people like looking for me for my art, and then I go back to work at the pharmacy I worked at and have people yelling at me because their Vicodin prescription isn't ready because the doctor said zero refills and why isn't it ready and Oh God! So, anyways, that uh, that feeling, I'm glad, is not a part of my life anymore. But it did fuel a lot of writing and humor and ways to make fun of that. Sure. That. I think what's also interesting too about that, I think with with that book and what what it represents. You know, I didn't work in any of those kind of fields, but I worked in a, a very popular game store, and I was kind of that wasn't my first job, but I was like, you know, working there. You know, because gaming meant a lot to me, right? I had a lot of strong connections, man. But the people, man, that you would get at a game store are just, it's like, why? Why is that so difficult? Why is the concept of gaming so difficult? And even though you don't really talk about, like, gaming customers, you do talk about, like, the simple idea of, like, well, do you have this in stock? Well, it says we don't. Yeah, but do you have it? Like, I'm not saying that's in the book, but, like, that a concept, right? That concept is is always there. And mm -hmm. it's like, it's like, well, I don't know. What do you do just to get somebody to go, hey, oh, I get it, but you can't, you can't, you can't make people understand that. And I think that's the, that's the, that's the frustration of working in uh, customer service or retail for that matter. And I know lots of people still who still work in retail and customer service and, you know, not talking down about them at all, but I know the struggles they go through and I know it's, it's, it's annoying and it's rough and you just wish you could speak more freely and you wish you could tell some people like, dude, 
go fucking smile. Go be happy. Like, there's no reason why you should be here. Be so upset with me about, oh, that we don't have the PS5 in stock. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I think our culture is a very me first based culture here in the United States. But I think States. COVID, COVID may have changed that a little bit. Uh, maybe. I mean, it's hard to say. I think even in the shop here, I think I, we see, I experience little bits of that. But I mean, I think overall, most people don't even realize how they're coming off. I think that you're a paying customer and the person behind the counter is just uh, not even a person. They're just a representation of you're spending your money with this company and they're, they're the face of that. They're not Mike with his issues. This is, yeah, this is so-and-so who works for Megastore, right? Yeah, that's fair. And I think when you think about too, actually, no, I don't want to go into it because we're just going to go into a fucking spiral of how, how retail sucks. But I'll, I'll just say... I think in the end, what's really great about your book is that you say a lot of things I think a lot of people feel. I know that's like one of the reasons why I picked it up. And then for just good measure, I always have to tell this story of how you berated me. <laughs> I was a 16-year-old young-faced gentleman, and this guy, I'm looking at comic books not even near, well, I guess I was next to him. I, I guess I was at a booth next to Mike, and I was looking at comic books, and Mike goes, hey, 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 do you want uh, to... Do you like superheroes? <laughs> and I said, Yeah, I do like superheroes. He goes, Well, come over here. Let me show you this superhero. <laughs> and he talks about, Well, he's not really a superhero, but he's the guy that everybody is inside, you know? And he tells me this whole detail. And I was dealing with my issues at work. And I was like, You know what? I like this guy. I'm going to buy it. So I bought it. And I remember for years and years and years. And again, I told the story before. Every time I would see him at the con, I would always ask, when is Captain coming back? When is Captain coming back? He did zo hot zombie chicks. I, I bought that too to support him, but I was always still, where's where's Captain? When is he coming back? And now, fast forward to X amount of years later, not, not only is Captain coming back, but he's coming back on my label. That's right. It's fucking amazing. That's how it works. That's how it works indeed. Be nice to people. You're right. Be nice to people or berate them. Right. <laughs> or, or verbally assault them into buying your... <laughs> Your non-superhero book? Your non-superhero book when you ask them if they like superheroes. <laughs> um, so before you go, can you say anything about the book at all? What's changed? What's added? Yeah, like the other books that we released with My Old Captain, it's, you know, it's, uh, I've changed a lot of the jokes. I made them funnier or I made them more appropriate. I touched up a bit of the art. Nice. I uh, redid the cover. It's a new cover. and uh, Very cool cover. I love it. And yeah, I think for the most part, like I, I, as I, as I was going through each of these books, I'd read it and there were some jokes that were funny then that weren't really funny now, or I was just, you know, I was in my mid twenties when I wrote that and I'm, you know, I'm not that now. So I think it's just funnier. I think it, it and, uh, and I think it's just all around just an, an easier read and, and it's like a guide. So it's like, if you went to a job and they gave you a manual on how to deal with the customers that's kind of how it's written. So right. it's written as if right. you were going to the job, except it's the alternative. It's what you want to say to the customer, but you can't because, like I said, you'd get fired. I, you know, and I think it's right. It's like it's almost like getting the anti-employee handbook. Yeah, and I think that's such a great way to put it. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about really fastly where you can get it, UncleDadComics.com. We are going to have... Three purchase, two, three purchase options. The standard option, which comes with the book itself, resealable back and board, and that, that'll be $5 plus shipping. Then you can get the signed version, which will be signed by Mike himself, 
plus a uh, bonus sticker, a bonus random sticker, and uh, receivable bag and board. And for 20 bucks, you can get the super anti-customer service bundle, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. Uh, but that'll come with uh, the newest uh, Uncle Dad X uh, Captain A-Hole uh, sticker. Plus, it'll come with the uh, Captain A-Hole uh, pin that you wear. Uh, plus the signed copy of the, the book and a bunch of other good stuff as well, all for 20 bucks plus shipping. Uh, in this time right now, shopping shopping local, shopping independent is the best thing you can do, I think, to help everybody out. Truthfully, in these times, I think uh, shopping small is the most important step to saving our economy, I think. But yeah, do you have anything else you'd like to add about the book? Yeah, you know, also, um, I, I've also did a little redo uh, on the back cover. So on the old book, I had, uh, I worked for many years in the jewelry store. And so I had a little like the 10, the top 10 things customers say to not buy jewelry when they're in the jewelry store. And then I had another one where it was what people say to, to not buy your comic at a Comic Con. And I've re, redone both of those top 10s. There's, new, there's a new top 10 about what uh, tattoo customers say to tattoo artists. And I redid the Comic Con one. And it's captain behind the table. And on the other side of the table, the customer is uh, Mr. Uncle Dad here. Uh, just because, you know, it's an homage to that moment when we met and how it's come full circle to now where we're at. So, Well, you can get that book at UncleDadComics.com. And I can't thank you enough for that. And even though you're not a guest of the show, you're the host of the show now. Yeah, I just think that was fucking great. And to kind of add it all back and go back to the very beginning, going back to Shakes on the Plane, this is your guide how to deal with the customer service of working on a plane. <laughs> oh, totally. Yes. I, I think that I think people, flight attendants are deal with some of the worst, the worst shit of customer service that you have to deal with. Oh so my God. I, I feel, and I definitely have empathy for all people who work in retail and deal with customers or people who work at the post office and just like customers are nasty. They're yeah. just nasty, nasty people. Yeah, absolutely. I have a friend who works for a veterinary hospital, and the things that they tell me mm. are just what people don't understand. It's like... <laughs> yeah, and it's like... It's like, you came here. <laughs> yeah, suddenly you forget all of the things about what it is to be human and to have understandings and to know it's not, not all about you, but when you're in that store dealing with the clerk or whoever it is, it just all that seems to, for a lot of people, go out the window and shame on them. Shame on them indeed. And before we go, I want to kind of do one last little thing here. Do you have, because I'll share one as well, do you have a horror story that you would like to share from your times working in retail? Any specific one that you think of? Yeah. Um, wow. Let me, that's a really good one. Um, I think it's a good way to end the show. It, is, it, it would be a good way to end the show. I've got, I just, I would feel like I've got so many. So many. I, yeah, I know what you mean. You could go con. I, I go. Well, let's just go to, uh, you know, I, I, I think a lot of, of where my stuff comes from is the pharmacy when I worked there. And uh, I remember <laughs> one time, you know, and a lot of this stuff I understand was fueled by addiction. And so, and I, and I, and I would have some sense of empathy for people who would get hooked on painkillers or cough syrup or whatever it was. Uh, but at some point, like, the empathy is just gone because of course, yeah. a guy comes in and he's got a bottle, empty bottle of Vicodin, which he had like 30, and there's no refills, which is like, you get that if you 
hurt your foot or you went to the dentist and got a tooth pulled. There's no one's ever going to have like consistent Vicodin, right? Unless they're like... Oh, they do. Oh, the, really? People in pain management or like who've had severe injuries, they'll... they'll yeah, it's sad because it's oh, such an addictive that. substance. But yes, to answer your question, okay. yes. But a lot of times these people would, would not, you know, it'd just be like an emergency room visit or like I said, a dentist or something. Sure. And so th this one particular dude came in and he had an empty bottle of Vicodin and it was from an ER doctor. And he's like, well, can't you just call the doctor? And I was like, no, you don't call ER doctors. Like you need to go see a regular doctor. Well, I don't know who my regular doctor is. Okay, well, you can go to our member services, which is right next door and they can help you find that out. I don't want to go to member services. I just want my, I just want my refill. And I, and I showed him on the bottle that he gave to me. I showed it to him and I said, it says right here that there are zero refills. So you need to get a new prescription. And I set the bottle back down to him. He then took up, picked the bottle up, and then threw it at me across the counter. And then I was like, all right, sir, you need to leave. And he's like, I'm going to leave, and I'm going to wait outside for you in the parking lot. <laughs> what? And this wasn't the only time someone threatened to wait outside for me in the parking lot. I've, I had people waiting outside for me for promethazine with codeine, which is a cough syrup. I've had people want to fight me because they didn't have refills on their diabetic test strips. And I said, I know it's something that you need to use, but still, if you want to get it under your coverage, we have to have it as a refill. Right. And it just causes a problem because I want it now and I want it right now. Right. So anyways, this guy says he's going to wait for me in the parking lot. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Lo and behold, this dude was waiting for me <laughs> outside of the back door. Like, wow. So I walk out, there was the entrance to the thing. And so he comes up to me and he starts yelling at me. And luckily there's a security guard out in front and he just ushers the guy away. But it just goes to show how much anger people have towards the clerk when things don't go their way. Right. And then it allows me to go and write a comic that releases my anger for how much I want to, I wanted to take, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to take that bottle and shove it in his fucking mouth. <laughs> But I couldn't for obvious reasons. So wow, <laughs> that is a story, and I love it. Thank you. I don't know if I can top that. <laughs> no, I mean, okay. So I didn't deal with um, pharmaceuticals like you did. Obviously, I dealt with gaming. Well, I, I, I dealt with a bunch of different things, but the one thing that I, I can talk about very freely is the gaming comes the gaming store. I remember the Nintendo Wii had just came out, and you couldn't keep it in stock, right? Which is always out, always, always out. And I'll never forget this phone call I got. Guy calls, and he goes, hey, I need to get a Wii, blah, 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 I'll be there in X amount of time. Can you please put it on hold, right? And I say to him, well, unfortunately, we don't have it because, you know, it's the hottest thing right now. It's two, like two weeks or two days before Christmas. We just don't have it. And he goes, I, got, I go, I can tell you we probably won't have it in time, blah, blah, blah. He goes, well, then what am I supposed to do? And I go, well, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe you can contact, uh, I can check other stores for you if you like. We can do that. Obviously, I know the answer. I know it's going to be a no. I check other stores. Nobody has it. He goes, so what are you telling me I have to do? And I go, I'm not telling you you have to do anything. I'm just telling you <laughs> we don't have it. I go, maybe go to Target, go to Walmart. I don't know. And he's like, you realize you're ruining my kid's Christmas. And it's like, and I've always been very free on how I f feel. Because I feel like, look, if they're going to fire me for this shit, I'm just defending myself. You know what I mean? So all I said to him, I go, look, I, I, I have no responsibility for that. I'm sorry. I can't control this. I, you know what I mean? Like he was... Well, I hope you fucking I hope you fucking know this. I was like, what? He goes, my kid's gonna be so fucking sad, and I hope somebody in your fucking family gets hurt. And he hangs wow. up the phone. Wow, wow. 
And I remember just being like, what? Someone in your family should be hurt because he waited too long to buy his kids Christmas present. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And But, but it's just like the, yeah. the, the thought of that. And you know what? You can get more stories like that. Oh, yeah. Inside the guide to customer service. Oh, plenty. Yeah. Yeah. So please support local, support independent art, uh, support our pals, Assemble Entertainment, support their fun little silly game. Uh, it's a discounted right now. Why would you not go check it out, right? Especially for holiday games, right? Yeah, why would you do that? Why yeah. Do that? Everybody, love each other, respect each other. Next week, we've got some really good stuff coming. Uh, happy holiday, happy everything. Wear a mask, goddammit. And yeah, Mike. Be happy about it. Yeah, Mike, any last words? Uh, thank you very much, and uh, go fuck yourself, <laughs> customers. Customers, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, actually, we have customers. Well, not our customers. <laughs> not our customers, but the, the, the customers that we just talked about. Yeah, right, 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 right. Uh, take care, everybody. We'll see you next week. Shout out to Baby Game for always editing the episode. And yeah, yeah. bye-bye.